six weeks from now, the total change can have a massive difference on your performance, on your recovery, on your ability to take your game and athleticism to the next level. Hey, welcome back to the next episode of the Trail Running Women podcast. I have sort of a fun episode for you guys today with a whole lot of information on nutrition. So I am speaking with the founder of MetPro, who, yes, is a sponsor that we have started working with recently. So I did want to take some time to really dig into what their program is about and chat with the CEO and founder, because equally, we talk a lot about diet culture and trying to move past that and not worry about numbers, especially numbers on a scale and that sort of thing. So when they came with their nutritional advice, their free assessment, I wanted to be sure that it wasn't just, are they selling weight loss? So from a business standpoint, a little bit, they do get a lot of people reaching out saying, how do I lose weight? And that is just going to be part of it for them. But what I liked is that they are not saying cut calories and exercise more. And what we need is people who have been taught about diet culture to hear that message. So what I did was try to explain to him, first of all, that's not my decision whether or not you guys want to take that from this episode or not, but that what we're looking for is advice on how much to eat and what to eat. Because we get told by nutritionists and anecdotal evidence from different runners, hey, if you eat more, you will perform better. But what does that look like? Because we know it's individual. So what I found with MetPro is that they are actually bridging that gap for us. And they can do that for you. And I will talk about the free assessment that they will give you that's a 30-minute consultation. But just, I guess, a trigger warning as well. Angelo did speak a little bit about, oh, if you're trying to lose weight here and there, because I think it's just part of what their their business is. Uh, but when I pressed him a little bit and said, well, what if we just want to know about performance? He was spot on with what I was hoping he would say about that and that it is learning where you're at now and how we can teach our bodies to use more fuel. And the reason I stress this is because I've coached so many athletes that are telling me they're not feeling great. And I ask them if they roughly know how much and on a non-running day, it's 1,500, 1,600. And for athletes, that's just not enough. Like that's not even enough to sustain. But it is, I'm not a registered dietitian, so I can't say, oh, try and hit X number of calories. Everybody's different and we have to start where you're at. So I do believe MetPro is going to be able to offer solutions to that and help us get there. And that's why I'm excited to work with them. So take what you will. I will link to it in the show notes, everything. So you can go check them out for yourself at metpro.co backslash TRW. And I will link to all of that in the show notes as well. That's metpro.co backslash TRW. We have a few other sponsors for this podcast as well. As per usual, we have Gooder sunglasses. If you need a pair of sunglasses for your runs in midsummer, please go to gooder.com backslash TRW to check out some of my favorites. I say this every time and I still get messages from people who are like, oh my gosh, I didn't think they were really going to be that good for running, but they are so lightweight, but they still look great. 
So with that, they do not slip and they do not bounce. They are all polarized and you can run and feel comfortable. And even if you have a tiny nose like mine, they will not fall off. They are about $25. That is so cheap for an active sunglass. That is actually amazing. And you get 15% off with discount code TRW15 at checkout. Plus, they have some brand new ones, some full face visors. Check them out. They're so in style and you will not get those eyebrow wrinkles because your whole face is covered. So check them out. Many, many, many fun colors. We're fun. You're fun. Running is fun. It is a perfect match. This is the last episode we were talking about your Spartan Trail Race free entry code. You guys, free entry code for a race, a Spartan Trail Race. Go check them out at spartantrail.com. Look for a race near you and then post a picture of yourself running, training, hiking, and tag at Spartan at Hillsport 55, hashtag Spartan Trail. Again, those directions will be in the show notes as well. And I will send you the discount code. That is the free discount code. You guys know how expensive these are. Anything from a 5K to an ultra distance. You could have a free 50K. Totally epic. And they are in some absolutely stunning places. Contest is almost over. So if you're going to do it, do it now. Reach out. Let me know what you're trading for. Free discount code comes to you. Okay, you guys, that's it for ads. Thank you so much for listening to this. I think you're going to get some valuable information. I'm going to let Angelo tell the rest. Here he is. Okay, welcome back to the next episode of the Trail Running Women. We have a special guest today that I'm really excited to chat with. Joining me bright and early down in California is Angelo Poli of MetPro. So Angelo Poli is an internationally recognized expert in fitness and nutrition. He's the founder of MetPro, the world's first algorithm-based transformation engine. Using a process called metabolic profiling, MetPro analyzes your metabolism and provides an individualized approach to obtain your health goals. So we talk a lot on this show about making sure that we are fueling for these races properly And everybody wants to know, well, what should I eat? And I find that that is such a struggle to answer because we've got people who are vegans to people who eat primarily meat and everywhere in between. So having a personalized system, I think is going to be really great. So I'm so excited to get into everything you can share with us today. Welcome to the show, Angelo. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Hillary. I'm thrilled to be here visiting with the community. So let's get to know you a little bit first, if you don't mind. Can you give us how old you are, if you don't mind, and how sure. like a bit of your history in in fitness? Sure. <laughs> so I am forty one, and uh, my background is unfortunately the school of hard knocks, Hillary. <laughs> I think that's how a lot of kind of specialists get into a field is they have a personal need. Um, uh, uh, personal experience in their life that kind of drive them toward it. And that was certainly the case for me. Uh, So when I was 19 years old, I was, of course, young and into fitness and, you know, wanted to change the world. And I was going to do it through health and wellness. Uh, By the time I was 23, I was walking with a cane because of an injury. And so for about a decade, I, uh, I spent in search of best practices for personal rehabilitation. And that basically took me down a path where 
I couldn't stand in a gym. I couldn't go out to the track. I couldn't um, meet my clients where they were anymore. I couldn't hand people dumbbells anymore. Uh, but I was still very passionate about all things science having to do with personal transformation. And so I started teaching seminars and lectures and traveling and writing um, and even doing some substantial size events where we would speak with larger groups of people who are wanting to improve their health and wellness. And that, that was a blend of people who were looking for enhanced sports performance, a blend of people who are looking for achieving a healthy body weight, and a blend of people who just wanted to be a better athlete for the sport of life. And everyone wanted to know the same question, Hillary. What do I eat? <laughs> and it turns out the answer is, it depends. Uh, and furthermore, the answer is different for every single person as far as identifying what's optimal for them. And so in order to more efficiently answer that question, we started to devise uh, a series of just a, an intake questionnaire. You know, you've all been to events or occasions where they ask, okay, what's your height, weight, activity level, preferences, etc. And then you answer some questions and they say, oh, you know, you're a uh, you, you know, you're, you're a, uh, <laughs> your, your spirit body type is a liger. You're a beaver. You're a lion. No, uh, they try and tell you that, uh, here's, you know, we think that you're going to thrive as, you know, this style and that style. It, it was amusing to me. I speak, I, I bring all this up in jest, but it was amusing to me at how people would come to conclusions is what the, the best approach for diet or exercise would be for an individual person. Uh, but, Hillary, you want to take a guess at what what the most um, predictive uh, predictive factor was, and what somebody would need to either build muscle or lose weight or whatever their goal was when we were look, examining intake forms retrospectively? We, would you want to even take a stab at that, Hillary? Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> um, I want to say super specifically like the amount of protein they get okay then, that's good i hear that i get people that say protein intake i get people that say activity level i get people that say gender i get people that say body weights and all of them are correct they're all right uh they all contribute but by far hillary the most predictive uh, predeterminant of how someone would likely respond was what they were previously accustomed to eating. And if we think about it, it kind of makes sense. sense. You know, totally. Yeah. You know, uh, somebody will ask me, well, Oh, I want to lose 10 pounds. Okay. I'm going to help you lose 10 pounds. What do I do? Well, it depends. What are you used to doing? Because for the person who's eating the McDonald's drive-in, you know, five times a week, the answer is very different to the person who's eating nothing but tofu and broccoli at, at lunch. You see that that's two totally different scenarios. Oh, I want to put on 10 pounds of muscle. Well, what are you currently intaking? What are you currently doing? Oh, I want to get a better PR on my marathon time. All right. What's your current fuel? Because guess what? You're going to need more <laughs> and you're going to have to condition your body to be able to utilize more of that fuel. So the most predictive element was what someone's body was accustomed to. And so that's basically how 
metabolic profiling or short, our company's called MetPro was, was born out of that kind of early revelation. Uh, and that is that we need to first establish where people are at in order to give them a strategic, a, a scientific approach to getting to the next level. Um, and, and my pet peeve in the industry is when you have, you know, well, well-intentioned people and, you know, you'll get, you'll get anyone from the, the trainer Bob at the corner gym to sports nutritionists who, you know, are going to say, well, you know, tell me your age, height and weight and I'll tell you what you should eat. Um, and while, of course, they may be well-intentioning, it means they don't have a whole lot of real-world experience with people because they would know that that each person is going to respond highly individually and so really needs to be assessed on an individual basis. And so we developed that theme, and years later, I had the privilege of working with um, – quite a number of athletes ranging from of course the you know the NFL players to Olympic athletes to ultra marathon runners to crossfit fit athletes to ironman com- competitors and you you name it and uh, it's been fun Hillary and uh, I I do like to win <laughs> I do Honestly, like winning. <laughs> yeah, you won't yeah you will you fit in well here trust me um <laughs> You won't you won't know this, but you just tied in so well to um, a woman we had on the show a little while ago because obviously nutrition is such a huge part of ultra marathons. Who said what you just said? And she had a PhD in sports nutrition, among other things, um, and saying you have to meet the athlete where they're at now. Like this is a goal calorie intake per hour, but where are they at now? Which is kind of essentially what you just said, but we were kind of left going, okay, well, where am I at now? Um, yeah. And that question is actually so hard to answer. So I feel like you're kind of saying what you've created is a way to figure out where where we're at and how and what the next steps. Would so be. it's worth mentioning. It's worth mentioning that <clears throat> where somebody starts at the higher end of human athletics at the higher end of human potential is even probably a better term. There is a little less variation. I know you'd it'd seem it would be the other way around. Uh, but when you add competitive endurance sports in, for example, it you do have to know where the person is starting. But I can a little more accurately predict their needs are going to be X, Y, Z, and at least starting higher or within a, within a margin that's going to be higher because our base metabolic needs, our active calorie burn, there's a threshold that is really unavoidable when you're participating in that many hours of endurance conditioning. Whereas... <laughs> It seems like the universe is unfair when it comes to just your average non-athlete. And and I don't we've all seen this. You know, we've all seen the, the person who seems like they eat like a bird and they may carry a few extra pounds on them and they're frustrated and they can't figure out why. And then the person who does nothing but hit the fast food, drive through the pizza for dinner, drink beer at night, and have six-pack abs and don't even exercise much. 
we hate those people. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But we, we all know somebody like that, right? We all know someone like that. Um, but you can pretty much guarantee that if somebody is pouring themselves into rigorous physical conditioning, uh, they are going to at least have some level of minimum threshold needs to perform at their highest level. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I won't reiterate what you just said, but yes, I, I get it. I think that was really well explained. So let's get a bit into like what this process is then. I know we are going to offer a 30 minute assessment for metabolic testing. Tell us uh, sure. kind of what you do look at other than just size, gender, activity level, et cetera. So, uh, okay. So I'll, I'll basically do a little behind the scenes. So if, if you were to visit with any of our coaches and I don't want you to get the impression that we're the type of, you know, across the country, we have, uh, you know, 30,000 coaches, anyone with a pulse, you know, you're knighted and here you go. No, th these are a, a very elite and select group of individuals that work side by side with me. And we do high level specialty coaching that is going to be dependent on you. We actually want to get to know you. So if you come and you talk to us, we're going to ask you a lot of questions. And really, we want to get to know the most relevant things about you. And that extends into who you are. We can't we can't divorce your lifestyle and schedule and family and eating circumstances and training schedule from all the science. It all has to work together. So we need to actually know who you are as a person. And then we need to get to know where your metabolism is. And that's where baseline testing comes in. So some of the things that we're going to look at is first, we want to know your body type and goal. Um, and so a goal setting session with me, if you were my client, we were working together, a goal setting session is going to actually surprise you in what it is and what it isn't. Um, I, I've been doing this for a couple of years now, Hillary, and so I'm, I'm pretty to the point because, I, like I said, I do like to win. <laughs> um, so a goal setting session is all about determining what we're not going to do. Uh, that means <clears throat> a very strong priority hierarchy. We have to have very clear objectives because I, I, I know what you want. <laughs> I don't want to sound arrogant at all. It's not what I mean. Uh, but, you know, after doing this for almost two decades, you want to lean out, you want to improve performance, you want to hit PRs, you want to have more energy, and you want to be able to eat more, <laughs> right? Because that's what we all want. Um, so what do you want to do first? What do you want to do first? That's, that's the question. Because if somebody were to come to me and, and they were to say, my number one priority is uh, I want to fuel and hit a PR at my marathon time. My number two priority is I want to race five pounds less. That program is going to look totally different from the non-athlete who comes to me and says, yeah, I just need to lose 35 pounds totally different. Um, and then somebody who may come to me and say, yeah, I, I really need to put on 15 pounds of muscle. That program and that, that progression is going to look completely different. So once we establish what our primary goal is, it doesn't mean you have to pick now one and forever and that's it. No, it means we're going to check that box 
And then we're going to move on to the next item and the next item and the next item. I get a lot of calls, Hillary, from executives who do their research and they'll call me up. They'll say, Angela, I know who you are. I know who you've worked with. Here's what I want to accomplish. I, I want to lose 30 pounds. I want to bench press 300 and I want to run a sub six minute mile. Um, can you help me do that? And my answer is, yes, I can. But you have to answer, which one do you want to do first? Because if we try and accomplish all three at the same time, it's unlikely you'll accomplish any of them. The body is a highly adaptive machine. It responds to the training, environment, and nutrition that we condition it to. So what we need to do is check one box, maintain that progress, and move on to the next. So that's what goal setting is all about. The next thing, are, are we doing all right for you to move down? I got a list of five here, Hillary. Is that all right? Yeah, I think that's great. I guess I just want to interject quick yeah. for our athletes who are maybe like been faced with diet culture forever and they really just don't want to have the conversation about weight loss at all. They just want to run faster or they want to be able to run for 100 miles and find out food that won't make them feel sick or vomit, um, but fuel. Is that an option to just say like, I don't want to look at numbers because it's triggering. I just want to look at performance. Well, that's going to be the requirement if that's what our goal is, is all about performance. And across the board, that's the magic. That's the trick is you need actually more fuel. And so what happens is for our athletes, and by the way, I've had the same conversation with bodybuilders. I've had the same conversation with Olympic level world record holding power lifters. I've had this with top 10 crossfitters. I've had this with football players. I've had this across about every sport you could imagine. Everyone is under fueling. Everyone is under fueling. And even if you feel you're not under fueling, even if you're getting extra fuel, if you can find a way to condition your body to be able to utilize a little more fuel, likely that is going to help you stay anabolic in an anabolic state a little bit longer. You're going to recover a little bit quicker and you're going to be able to train a little bit harder. And those are all things that help us both get to that win we were talking about. So that's always the ultimate goal. And oh, by the way, if you are amongst the rare group, right, maybe from this community that is interested in changing body weight, that's still gonna be the goal, is to get your metabolism to run faster, not force your body to endure less and less fuel because you will never win that way. So you are absolutely spot on, Hillary. Okay, I love that. And I, yes, because there's a lot of talk of these like super high level athletes that are fat adapted and they don't need to disrupt their digestive systems to try to take in more calories to run fast for this long. So the emphasis on training your body to utilize more food. Um, I absolutely love that. Sorry for the introduction. Please continue with that. Um, with those five that you were discussing. Yeah, no, that see, and that, and that's really good. In fact, I was just doing a, a, a breakdown of a ton of research uh, on that exact topic. And there are people who, you know, at certain you know, ends of the spectrum can condition themselves, for example, to fat metabolism. 
But that see, that's not supposed to mean fueling less. That means it's supposed to mean adapting your body to run in uh, optimized in the lipolytic pathway um, versus uh, using always the oxidative and the lipolytic pathway versus being a sugar tuned athlete. And sometimes that can be misinterpreted as needing less fuel, when in reality, we're talking about a different fuel source. And that's a very, very small percentage of the population. The majority of your endurance athletes are going to thrive and perform best. And it's Sports Nutrition 101 that our body's primary fuel source is going to be uh, getting plenty of energy. And, and that's going to, of course, come through eating your carbohydrates in plentiful, plentiful volume. Um, and there's a lot of interesting research and things people can be done, but at, at no point is any of the science pointing to a total of less fuel <laughs> resulting in more performance. And I can tell you, I've dieted about 20,000 people in my career. Um, and I have never once experienced that scenario where a radical decrease results in an increase in performance. So anyhow, just for, for, for that sake, um, moving Wait, along. Sorry. Now I have to say one more thing, Angelo, because you would not believe the amount of women I speak to who are like, this isn't my main focus, but I don't understand why I'm increasing my training and suddenly I have this extra fluff. And I find out that some dietitian or some app that I won't name, but we know which one I'm talking about. You put in your stats and it says 1200 calories a day. And I'm like, Oh my good God, because your body is an absolute panic. So I'm so glad that you um, said that. So thank you. Yep, absolutely. Um, so moving back to those five basics, Hillary, the, so the first thing we have to establish is goal because um, it sounds like with your community, you know, the predominant goal is going to be performance and longevity. Um, with a lot of communities, we have people who are trying to improve PRs and strength sports. We have people who are trying to lose, in some cases, considerable weight. In fact, I've worked with several people who were, for example, years ago on The, the Biggest Loser Show, and now they're off the, the camp. They're trying to rehab their metabolism. Uh, we work with people who are every spectrum of goal. So that's the first thing we have to establish. What kind of program is right for you and where are we starting? The second thing is we do need to look at your body type. So the somatotype or body type, right, that is going to influence how your body either holds muscle or how your body will likely perform. It's not definitive. It's not the determinant factor, but it is an influencing factor that's going to help us identify what uh, you are going to be able to um, derive the greatest level of optimization from. And sometimes that's just as little as a 10% tick one way or the other in either training aptitude uh, or protein requirements or things like that. So we look at that as well. Then we're going to look at your lifestyle. <clears throat> so what meals can we be consistent with? What training can we be consistent with? And what's going to be on the fly? Um, and as a coach, I'm always going to encourage as much consistency as I can get. Now, I know there's a lot of trains of thought. 
So I'm not, um, I'm not going to debate the, you know, what, what's mentally the healthiest for some people. If, if you have, uh, an aptitude or proclivity where in your life, it doesn't help you to have a, a strategic or rather, that's not a good word or rather a consistent routine, then don't have a consistent routine. It's not right for you. But I can tell you definitively for those who it is not problematic for, whenever we have a consistent routine to build off of, I am able to produce a greater and greater results out of my athletes. And so the foundation is always how do we create consistency? And so for some people, there's no problem with consistency in breakfast, snacks, lunch, maybe dinner has to be a variable or for some, for others, their, their lunch and dinner is fine. Maybe their snacks are a little bit variable, um, but wherever we can create consistency, then I have anchors where we have our levers and dials to control and therefore predict next steps for improved performance. Then there's a second layer on this, and that is the ad adaptive nutrition that's going to be based on your activity. So on days where you're training harder, training longer, um, you're going to have your intra-training fuel schedule and your schedule that's going to adapt to the volume of training you're doing that's going to be layered on to your base, more or less less moving schedule. And that's where we really come up with a good solid strategy for performance that gives you consistent levers and dials where I can say we're going to make this change today and it's going to be this much of a delta from what we did last week or the week before and it actually be meaningful. If you're all over the board needing something completely different every day, if it's working great, if it's not working, we have no lever to fix it. So that consistency is going to be key, uh, key, and that's where the lifestyle comes in, and it's totally different. If somebody is traveling a lot, the strategies and the lifestyle tips that our coaches are going to help you with might look very different from someone who's home 80-90% of the time, uh, or at least not traveling 80-90% of the time, and there's ways to win no matter what. In fact, I worked with a gentleman, there was a write-up in the Wall Street Journal about our work together. He was literally on the road uh, 25 days out of the month on airplanes uh, because of his business and what he was doing. Now, he, uh, he was not a competitive athlete, but he was a life athlete, right? He wanted to get healthy. He wanted to be the best version of himself that he could be. And you know what? There was still a strategy. We had a, a training strategy in place that we did micro workouts before that term was popular. You could just do right in the hotel room. We had our routine where he knew exactly what he would order. He would order at uh, food from Starbucks where he could get healthy options in the morning where he'd go in and get the oatmeal and the hard-boiled eggs and the fruit and cheese and he was off and running because no matter where he was there's always a Starbucks we had things that he would pack and he would pack in advance and we knew what worked and what didn't work and we had a good strategy that at least minimized the variables there's always going to be variables but in his case we were able to minimize it in his case he dropped his blood pressure. He lost a bunch of body fat and he got healthy. Now, of course, that's a different scenario for somebody else, a different goal. But it goes to show despite whatever your schedule, whatever your lifestyle is, we can find something that works. And then the third thing we need to look at 
is whether you're a strategic or a metabolic. So strategic is, um, is kind of an internal terminology that, that our experts use, um, and it applies to everyone at different times. What it means is life strategy, behaviors. So everyone needs help in that department to a, one degree or another. And what that means is we'll get some people who come to us with a particular goal. Hey, help me achieve this performance or help me achieve this composition or whatever the case may be. And that individual finds that they know what to do for their body for the most part. Um, and when they do it, they thrive and they perform really, really well. The challenge they're having is fitting that routine that they already know produces great results in their performance into their lifestyle because it's hard. It's hard, Hillary. That's the truth. Having a consistent nutrition plan, especially a sports nutrition plan, which is usually going to involve more frequent fuelings, takes an investment of both time and mental space and energy. And most people aren't experts at it. Uh, there's no sports nutrition or fueling endurance athlete class in junior high. <laughs> you know, um, we didn't go to school to become experts on that. So I can't expect my clients to know all those lifestyle hacks and time saving techniques that help them uh, develop a routine that can persevere, that can last. And you know what the most important, this might surprise you, take a guess what the most important element in, uh, let's say, a food prepping routine is. Do you have any guess, guesses on that, Hillary? The most important element in a food prepping. Yep. I'm going to say for me, it's just that it's simple so that it actually happens. Yep. No, you, you got it. That's right. And I'm going to get even I'm going to get even a little more granular. We, we have as experts who have literally researched this. I can tell you what the magic formula is. It's speed. It's speed. Oh, totally. Yeah. And a lot of our listeners are moms as well. So like you kind of mentioned before, you can have all these great intentions. But if you same as the travel fella, can't yep. stop at Starbucks and get an option that fits. And there's right. got to be a little bit of flexibility because it's not always going to be perfect because otherwise it's all or nothing idea too. It's like, okay, well I've already blown it. So now, you know, I'm over it. That's it. It's exactly. If I ask someone to do something that takes about 15 minutes, 20 minutes in the morning of prep, usually, I mean, if they're even marginally invested in themselves, they're going to be like, yeah, Angelo, no problem. I can do that. What if it takes 25 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day or 40 or 50? There's always a threshold where even with best intentions, it just crumbles because the dynamic of our lives are based around a time economy. And if it takes too much time, even if it is important to us, it just gets crowded out. And we tend to take the all or nothing approach. It rarely, there's rarely a scenario where, you know, my, my food and wellness routine 
takes me 45 minutes a day, I'm going to invest 35 minutes a day and get 90% of it done. That's just not how humans resp respond. If it takes five minutes more than I have to get to, to give, it crumbles to the ground and none of it gets done. So speed is key and speed is so dependent on just the little lifestyle hacks. You know, so <clears throat> when we first start, our coaches, you know, are going to tell tell their clients, you know, talk to me about your next three or four days. Oh, you're going to be going out to this event or you're going to be at this restaurant. Or you're going to be at this hotel. Perfect. Text me the name. We'll do the research. And they'll research the, the hotel, the restaurant, and say, here's your top three options based on where your meal plan is. You order this. Now talk to me about your day-to-day. -day. Perfect. You had your healthy breakfast. You have your afternoon snack packed. Okay, that was a good afternoon snack. It was healthy, but here's how you could have made it better. I want a similar snack that's made of foods that are quick, low-perishable, non-messy and portable. What do you think of these three items? You see, these are the little tools that the experts are going to work with you on because you're not supposed to be an expert in this. You're an expert in your family. You're an expert in your life. Um, you're not thinking about these things. Us, us lifestyle nerds, this is what we do 40 hours a week is we research this stuff, the latest little tools and hacks and, and aids and, and technologies and things like that that help make these things easier for us. And so that's where, that's where the strategic part comes in. Now, the metabolic part comes in where we have a client that says, yes, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And I did the research and I see what all the experts are saying and I'm doing all of it, but I'm still stuck. I'm not, I'm not recovering, I don't have energy. If you have somebody guiding you who's done this hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times and knows where this is going and what your metabolism is capable of adapting to, then they're going to have the confidence and you're going to have the patience to be able to say, here's what we're going to do. At the end of this week, we're going to increase another quarter cup of brown rice. We're going to add another quarter avocado. We're going to increase another, you know, uh, tofu, or we're going to add some boiled uh, or, or some grilled chicken or whatever you're and we're, we're food choice agnostic. In other words, whatever, if you're plant-based lifestyle, great. If you're, uh, if you're a, a balance, that's great. Whatever you, your preference is in, I'm interested in that you're getting quality sources and we're going to slowly start increasing but doing it gradually because a lot of people think, well, I need to make these massive shifts and then do this for six weeks. Um, the reason that model got established was the old sports nutrition model based off of a schedule where sports nutritionists could meet with people on a practical level. Like I'm meeting with Johnny today and so I'm going to reschedule my next appointment with him in six to eight weeks. And so then we change something. <sighs> Technology nowadays and efficiencies nowadays has really made that model largely um, moot. Now, what we can say is I'm going to increase by 15 grams of, of fruit or complex carbs or whatever healthy source we want. And we're going to add that to this snack or to this lunch. 
give your body 72 hours to acclimate, and then we're going to add another 10 grams that has some fiber in it. We're going to add another 15 grams of protein. We're going to add another 5 grams of fat, and we can make these tiny micro changes every 3 to 5 days. And what happens is your body then closes those gaps. And so we can actually, with a little bit of technology and, and some strategic insights, we can track how your body is responding to those adjustments and to those changes and make adjustments that are intelligent, that aren't sweeping changes, and your metabolism will adapt to it. Because honestly, if you're at home listening to this, ask yourself, what would happen if you change nothing about your routine tomorrow except you add half an apple into your diet? Let me tell you the answer. Probably nothing. Probably nothing would happen. It's such a small gap that that's the type of delta your metabolism can acclimate to and acclimate to reasonably quickly within a few days to where you'd notice very little change. And What's the difference in performance with just half an apple? Probably not massive. But if we can add half an apple next week and then half a cup of brown rice the week after and then three ounces of sweet potato the week after, six weeks from now, the total change can have a massive difference on your performance, on your recovery, on your ability to take your game and athleticism to the next level. But it's all about how it was implemented. And that's where the metabolic piece comes. Is that making sense at all, Hillary? Totally. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Um, and I think some people, like you said, like if they know they need to eat more, even just if you're training and suddenly try to add in all of those things in one day, like the digestive upset kind of deters people as well. So, um, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about, um, that same sort of theory, but during training, do they work with athletes for say their long runs on how to add, um, little bits at a time and, and kind of what that looks like? So for most, most uh, advanced athletes, what we'll do is we'll work with the protocol they already have in place and make minor adjustments to it. So that's going to be your intra-training fuel. And there is a number of different fuel sources. What we find is that everybody has their preferences and what works better within the basic rules of here's how, how many grams an hour you're going to take after the first 45 minutes is usually when we like starting long distance athletes, whether you're a cyclist, a runner, whatever your sport is, you know, per hour taking in this many grams of sugar, carbohydrates, of course, your electric lights and sodium if you're going to be doing really long distance stuff. And so, yes, we'll want to have all that in place. And what we like to do is start with what you're used to. And then same principle, small adjustments up or down, because as you know, there's some pretty big windows. You know, some athletes are going to raise their hand and say that they feel their best and they perform their best recovering with about, you know, 25, 30 grams you know, per, you know, in an hour, whereas others are going to be up to that 50, 60 mark. And so that is going to have to do with how your personal, how your body responds 
your personal preference and a little bit of trial and error there. So in answer, yes, we're going to help play with that. But what we want to do is as quickly as possible, find the sweet spot for your intra-training fuel regime. And once we have that sweet spot, we want to leave that relatively untouched. In other words, if someone says, I want to bring my uh, my composition up or my body mass up slightly or down slightly or wherever we want to be, I never want to be going to the intra-training fuel model and messing with it. I always want to be going to the base meal plan, the routine, the breakfast, snacks, lunch, dinner that you're normally going to get outside of training and using those as the more reliable levers and dials. Is that the question you were asking, Hillary? Yeah, I think so. And sometimes it just, I mean, I guess that really is just trial and error. Um, like eating the food and just being able to handle it during um, training sessions can be really hard on people. And sometimes the sports nutritionist we had on, for example, is uh, saying to aim for like 400 calories an hour. So if somebody's oh, starting about actually eating during because you when you're doing events, your event day nutrition. Yes, yes, yes. That of course has to be different from your typical day when you're doing a long, long run because you're not sitting down and preparing a whole meal. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yes, so finding yes, what yes, works yes, for you yes. and then female bodies are sometimes different from men yes. and there's not a lot of research on that. Um, so it's, it really is kind of, I mean, trial and error is a huge part of it, but slowly building that up. I, I'm just wondering if that's something you're um, yes, of course, uh, of, of course. And you okay. hit the nail on the head, Hillary, um, your digestion. That's the key that we're trying to work around while getting, uh, the fuel in and, and, uh, yes, as you mentioned, that sports nutritionist is in, is in the correct ballpark of where you want to be generally, um, taking in and, and I'll even simplify it a little bit more. If you can, the more, the better up and to the point that it starts having a negative impact on your digestion. And what we find is there's some common thresholds where most people, if they go over this caloric intake or over this energy intake, then they're at greater and greater dose effect risk of it now impacting digestively. And then you get cramping and all this other stuff. And so, yes, those are all things that have to be taken into consideration for sure. The main thing I'm loving from this is just the support of how to increase food because I think we're hit with so much diet culture stuff that especially as women, if you're sitting at home with no kind of one-on-one, -on -one, it can be really hard for some people to think like, okay, instead of eliminating, I'm going to focus on what I can add. And that's such a different shift from what we've been told for our entire life that some people just can't get there. Um, so the more programs like yours that, um, like, yeah, there's still some weight loss stuff in there, but the focus on performance and increase on what we actually need is so important. Absolutely. And, and it can be scary because maybe let's just be candid real world experience. People are calling me up from all over the world and telling me their stories. And what happens is we hear about uh, something that's different from what we're used to. Okay, you can incre you can improve your performance if you do this, 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 and this. And so somebody tries something like that, and their body is doesn't respond the way or they would expect. 
And uh, it's such a dramatic shift that then what happens is they get a bad taste in their mouth about the idea of fueling at higher intakes for performance. When in reality, all that needed to happen was a integrated, gradual shift to say, okay, that's the intake that research is pointing to. That's the intake that uh, I know that we're, I'm going to perform better at. How do I get there over three to five weeks versus how do I wake up tomorrow morning and make a radical change where my metabolism has zero time to acclimate? You see, and that largely is the difference between a good experience and a bad experience is an acclimation period of, of making those gradual changes. And that really dovetails nicely into our last, our final uh, kind of element that when I let people kind of have a peek behind the curtain of what we do at MetPro, the first few days are going to be about baseline testing. And it will have to be scheduled at a time where you don't have any of your really, really long um, uh, endurance activities scheduled because we are going to follow a consistent diet for 72 hours consistent food plan for 72 hours to parse your metabolic rate. So what we'll do is we'll look at your basics, your starting point, what you were previously accustomed to. We're going to have you follow a boring, simple meal plan. There's nothing special about it. The special attributes is that I've had for this in this case, thousands and thousands of other women of similar activity level or sport um, body size and age and demographic follow the same meal plan so we can actually parse your metabolism and say, here was the response. Here was the body weight change. Here was the energy change. Here was uh, your appetite level. Here was your satiety level. And here was your recovery. And yes, you can't identify all of these things and go, oh, here's the perfect meal plan in 72 hours. But in 72 hours, we have the technology and the science tuned well enough to where in 72 hours, we can get directional arrows that are telling us, hey, the indications of your metabolic rate are outpacing this intake. Therefore, we're going to tick up 4 to 6%. And we can do it again and again and again until we're right where we need to. Or indications are your metabolic rate's outpacing this and we're a little bit low. Or we're a little bit high and we need to start at a different spot. We're going to be able to get that information. Now, for non-athletes, it's very simple. Non-athletes, and I know this is not our demographic, but to illustrate the principles behind it, um, this is the easiest way to explain it. If I have a male who's an obese individual and he's trying to lower his blood pressure and get healthy and he needs to lose 50 to 80 pounds, we start him on a meal plan in 72 hours. I want to see exactly X amount of body weight loss, otherwise the meal plan is going to shift. Well, that same exact principle applies to my performance athletes, my endurance athletes, my strength athletes. I want to see an increase of 0.05 ounces, and I want to see that at the pace of 
three to four days, and if I don't, we're going to increase. Or I want to see a static body weight with an elevated metabolic rate, which means we're going to be able to add every three to four days until your body needs a recovery period. And then we'll rest for a week or so and start up again. And this is how we get your body hyper-tuned for faster recovery, for greater performance. And then, of course, this is, you know, We've been talking for a while now, so we won't take up too much more time, but this is where the debate of meal frequency comes in and why athletes can um, get some additional advantages from both a behavioral standpoint, consistency standpoint, believe it or not, social <laughs> standpoint when it comes to creating a consistent routine out of eating a little more frequently as far as the base that that gives us and the levers that that give us. And this is one great way that we can expand on that routine. A lot of my clients say, well, there's research that shows benefits to eating snacks and research that shows benefits to only eating when you're hungry, eating less frequently. Um, if you're working with me, you're going to be eating snacks and it's not for any of the reasons you would think. <laughs> the reason you're going to be eating snacks if you're working with me is because as a culture, we don't take snacks socially. In other words, you sit down to have dinner with your family, you have less control. You have an influence, but you have less control over what may or may not be ingested at that dinner. Whereas if I say to you, I want you to eat this exact fruit or this exact meal or this exact snack at 2.30 in the afternoon as a snack, there's no social there's no behavioral or cultural elements that are going to make that difficult to deliver on. So what I get is a very high adherence to snacking, which means I have strong, consistent levers that I can have anchored to my client's daily routine. And so these, these are all the small little nuances that our team at MetPro loves geeking out on and loves talking with people about and helping uh, figure out ways to implement for our one-on-one our -on -one clients to help them take their game, their athletics to the next level. I love that. And I'm going to be, I have a quick couple of things to say, but I'm going to be totally honest. My husband has to go to work at the fire department and I'm going to have a two-year-old run in here any second now. <laughs> right on. <laughs> that, that's okay. He'll be interested in this stuff too. But I think it does sound like it's a lot of work and a lot of focusing on food, but I just want people to remember that you're going to learn things that you can use for your entire life. And it is a short term time where you really have to think about this stuff. And then I think it's going to be more intuitive as you get older. And if you have been struggling with getting enough to perform properly for 10 years, really focusing on something for a short amount of time comparatively is so much better than just continuing to flounder and wonder why we had a guest named Amy who couldn't finish a hundred milers because she, and she had no idea that it was, she just wasn't eating enough yeah. and then figured out how much to eat. And now she wins them consistently. So it is such a game changer if you just say, okay, this is my goal and I'm going to focus on this like I focused on anything else in my life. Um, and then you just have these habits kind of for a lifetime, I think. And maybe your metabolism fix is fixed and you can eat enough finally. That's it. That Yeah, that that's totally the key. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to find out our, uh, you know, the profession, 
the profession uh, of clients that we tend to work with more than any other profession is doctors. We work with a ton of doctors that are already experts themselves, but they work with us uh, to really do kind of a in-depth course on metabolism to really see it's to learn the link and how it's connected to performance and how it can be optimized. And so if you view it as kind of just an education course, uh, you are right, Hillary, with something like this, your meal plan, if you come to us just for general health, is going to be, frankly, more flexible and more forgiving than if you come to me and say, I'm an ultra marathoner running a hundred miles and I need to perform my highest level, uh, your meal plan is going to be highly specific, highly detailed, uh, and, and it is going to take effort just like your sport takes effort. You certainly do not want to put in all those hours, all those months, weeks, and years of training um, in the physical side of it to then be lacking uh optimal on the nutritional side of it. But what you learn can really take your game to the next level. And then we're going to teach you how to do those things and do them fast because speed is king when it comes to lifestyle too. Yes, yes, yes. So um, I hate to wrap up so abruptly here, but this has been really, really valuable. And if people want to have more information, where can they find you? Come talk to us. Just visit with some of our, our specialists. Uh, if you go to metpro.co slash TRW, again, that's metpro.co slash TRW, we'll know that you're from the, the Trail Running Women uh, group and we'll get you set up for free uh, free consultation. We'll just visit, even if you just want information, even if you just have one or two questions, this is what we love to do. We love talking with athletes. We love talking with people trying to be their best selves. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for that offer. And thank you so much for your time. And I will link to all of that in the show notes as well. And I'm really excited to get this out there and, and see what, uh, what we can do for people. Thank you so much, Hillary.